Welcome to The Alternative Investor, the show where we discuss, debunk, and demystify all things about investing in alternative assets. Well, Brad, I've been waiting for this episode for a long time. Your whole life. <laughs> this one, this, I, I am so excited. We're finally going to dedicate an entire episode to cap rates. Oh my goodness. And this is, the reason this is sort of a little bit funny, ladies and gentlemen, is because, you know, Brad and I have probably known each other for, I don't know, eight or nine years now. We're brother-in-laws and we, we hang out a lot, right? We get the families together. And Way too much. Way too much. And inevitably the concept of a cap rate will come up. And I swear, Brad, you've explained this to me. What? How do you? How many times do you think? Thirty times. And I'm starting to doubt my abilities as a teacher uh, because I must be doing something wrong. Because clearly, it took way too long to sink in. Yeah, or I'm just complete complete idiot, which is more likely. And so right, today is going to be the definitive episode on cap rates. Sort of what are they? How are they used? What's the whole deal here? So, like, why don't we just kick it off, Brad? For the final time, can you just please tell me and our seven or eight listeners out there what is a cap rate? A cap rate is just the unlevered yield that you're getting on an asset, on a piece of property. So that just means what, how much money does this thing make, right? Divided by the purchase price. Okay. So the, the formula is? The formula would be net operating income divided by purchase price. Net operating income divided by purchase price. Okay. So, and I, I look, I think the reason, and we'll, we'll get into this later, but I think the reason I have struggled with this so much is because... This is the opposite of how people in my world in private equity think about asset prices. It's the right. inverse. It's the inverse, right? Or, so like, or for you math people out there, it would be the reciprocal <laughs> of a multiple. Good use of reciprocal. I haven't used that in days. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, when you're buying a business, usually when you talk about how much that business costs, it's some multiple of profit, right? I've bought that business for three times profit or four times profit. But when you real estate people talk about asset prices, the the price is in the denominator. <laughs> so yeah, it's, we flipped it for some you reason. It. And do we? Do you know why? I think you were going to look into this at some I point. I was going to look into why, and it's embarrassing that I don't know why. It, I just it, blindly accepted it as you know, oh, the convention. This yeah. is what everybody does. But I, I, if I had to guess, I'd have to say that you know, real estate people tend to think in yield. They tend to think in what is my cash on cash. Yeah. Right? Which is a quick, you know, analysis when you're talking about cap rates versus multiples. Yeah. Okay. Well, then let's, you know, for whatever reason, it's the inverse of the private equity world. And so this is like, this is like the biggest gap. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we like, have it right. And you guys screwed it up. It's very possible. It's yeah. not obvious to me why we quote things as a multiple of you, but I'm sure someone else there knows that. Email me if you do. But um, well, let's just give a quick example, right? Okay, so I'm going to throw out a couple of numbers at you. You ready? Sure, why not? Okay, so we're talking a commercial office building that has a price tag of $20 million, okay? Okay. And the net operating income on that commercial office building is, let's say, $1 million. Five cap. <laughs> okay, talk to us. How did you get into that? How did you back into that number? $1 million divided by... 20 million. It's not complicated, is it? It's no, really it's pretty not, simple. Which, which begs the question of why it's taking me so long to grasp this concept. So, okay, so that's a five cap. And again, it's a, it's, 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 so, a, it's a percentage, right? It's yeah, a, well, it's that a, was just, would just be, look, what are you going to earn per year if you write a check for $20 million? Right. Okay. I, I just feel like we can't drive this home enough. You're going yeah. to earn $1 million of net operating income if you spend $20 bucks to buy that property. Yeah. So you're going to earn a five cap. Yeah. And I kind of feel bad that we're spending this much time on cap rates <laughs> because I know there's plenty of people out there that, you know, they have this nailed, but there's also a ton of people that have emailed us and asked us to do this. So hopefully this is 
hitting home for some people. Oh, this is, I love this stuff. You know that. So, okay, then quick math. So let's say that building instead of cost, instead of costing 20 million costs 40 million. What's the cap rate? 2.5. Okay. So lower cap rate on given the same amount of net operating income. You, you see how some, quick I did that math? You, we didn't even prep that. You're natural. But it effectively, it just it's a higher like so. The lower the cap rate, the higher the purchase price is relative to the net net operating income, right? And so, I think that's again this trips me up because in in the private equity world, the higher the multiple, the more expensive the deal is, right? If you paid five times profit for that company, you spent more than if you would have paid four times. But in in real estate, it's like the lower that number, the more expensive it is. So. An inverse relationship to price. I just, yeah, and again, I think my my simple mind is 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 slowly wrapping itself around this. Okay, so then, why don't we talk about? So, how does this relate to interest rates? Right. So, I think one of the comments you sort of made when we were talking about this episode is uh, revolved around how cap rates kind of are related to interest rates. How, how does that work? Well, you just need to have them somewhat in the same range, or hopefully, cap rate higher in order to be able to pay for the debt that you're, you're getting on the asset, right? Because if you're, if you're buying this five cap, right? That, so that means that you can't go out and get debt at 10%, right? You're not going to be able to service the debt. You're not going to be able to pay the loan from the cash flow. Okay, so we got a building that costs 20 million bucks. The net operating income is 1 million. So it's a, we just discussed this. It's a five cap. So how do you think about debt? If I could get debt for 4%, do I, is it, Automatically, do I do it? Maybe. It really <laughs> depends on... Uh, so I guess the answer is no. You don't automatically do it. It kind of depends on what is the LTV. So what's the loan to value that you're looking for? Because if you push the loan to value uh, you know, over a certain threshold, then that debt you get right on that five cap rate is not going to be helpful on your cash on cash return. Right. Your cash on cash return for a high leverage loan in that scenario would actually be lower than the cap rate. Got it. So okay. So I'm, I'm going to repeat that. But so again, we were talking about a building with a five cap, right? So unlevered return of five percent. Even if debt, even if interest rates were four percent on debt, if you got if you went really high LTV, I don't know, north of eighty percent, for instance, which you, you wouldn't do, but if you did, then you're paying you're basically paying all this uh, principal and interest, and you actually are going to end up in a worse situation than if you on, on the cash on cash return basis. Yeah. Right? So in that scenario, it'd be a million dollars in net operating income. Your your loan payments would be around a million bucks, a little bit less, right? So then your your yield after you're making those loan payments, so your cash on cash would only be two percent. Yeah. So without debt, you're making five percent. With this debt, because of the 80% leverage, you're only making 2% right. so you on might, your money. Okay, so you might want to get the debt simply to get the deal done. Like you couldn't, you don't have Yeah, you don't have million, the down payment. But it's going to lower your return. It's going to lower your return. Whereas, you know, if you took a really low leverage loan, like 40%, then you start to, in that scenario, you would get about the same return. Got it. Or if interest rates were actually more like 2% or 3%, yeah, then, exactly. it, then it makes sense to then get a lot more debt. Yeah, you could get a floating loan, right, which is tied to LIBOR, not... Yeah. You know, it's a lower interest rate usually. It's a little. There's a little bit more math involved there that I think is probably a little difficult to walk through on air. But suffice it to say that, yeah, it's not an automatic. You automatically get as much debt as possible if the cap rate is higher than the, the yeah, interest payment. Yeah, I guess payment. the takeaway there is just that the two have, are tied together. You have to think about your cap rate, obviously, and what that mean. What that translates to how much debt service you can support from that asset. Yeah. So do, do cap rates essentially come down to? Uh, almost like a proxy for risk. So like a, a lower cap rate, does that mean it's a lower risk investment? 
Well, you can. You would hope so. You you would hope that the reason why you're you're willing to take a lower yield, a lower return on that investment, is because it has lower risk. Right. Right. So maybe you're buying an, a skyscraper in in Washington D.C. or or New York or wherever that you feel good about that market. You feel like it's not going to you know implode and go to zero. So you're willing to accept a lower return for that that money. Whereas if you're buying that same office building in Detroit, Wisconsin, 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 this is the, uh, the city, the, the fictitious city we always use yeah. in Wisconsin, then you might need an, a higher cap rate. You should, because that market is not going to be as uh, liquid. It's not going to have as many buyers, uh, and might, the rents might be more volatile. So there's going to be more risk in that asset. Right. Or, uh, yeah. And so that's, in a perfect world, I guess that would be the case. But the other scenario there is just that prices are just getting crazy. And, and the reason that the cap rates are low is because, you know, people are paying crazy numbers for properties that are actually really reasonably high risk. And so it, it actually, it's less of a close proxy for risk. I would yeah. Think. So then, yeah, go, going back to the debt discussion, you know, there's often like right now people are buying, you know, apartment buildings and some real estate asset cl- uh, classes at three caps. Right, and putting debt out for just because they want to put they want to park their money, and a lot of these are foreign buyers, and so they've decided that well, you know, we're going to take a low return, but we're just worried about inflation or what have you. But yeah, so even though you're buying in an amazing market, in theory, you're taking a lower cap rate because it's supposed to be lower risk in bubbly kind of inflated markets, like probably right now. Those are arguably much higher risk than maybe doing a seven cap, right? In a, more reasonable market. Yeah, and, the, and the, I think the overarching point here is like you can't, you can't just take the cap rate as 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 gold, right? It's or like an oh, absolute. It's, or as an absolute, yeah. right? It's like you got you still have to do your work, understand the market, understand what the, you you expect that investment to be doing. You know, what's it done historically? What do you think it's going to continue to do, right? Yeah, so you can't just say oh three cap bad, five cap good either, though, right? So on the opposite side of that. It doesn't, you know, just because one is higher doesn't mean that that's going to be a better investment, a better return, because then you get into the, you know, the relative value trap, right? You know, maybe that five cap is, uh, you know, it's got a riskier tenant base, right? Or is going to require much more capital, yep. Or is it a market that is declining from a population standpoint? Yeah, uh, no, it's a good point. And I, for me, it helps to just go back to the formula, right? If the the numerator there is net operating income, it's like. How predictable is that? <laughs> how steady is that? How how likely is that NOI can, can, can continue to be coming in the future? Right. Totally. And really, what the, the the useful thing about cap rates is just to is it's almost like a shorthand that that real estate investors use to just kind of give you just a baseline idea of what things are trading at, what prices are these days, and what kind of returns you can get. But you really have to dig in and understand. Well, you know, okay, well that's that's backward looking. That's yeah. the net operating income last year. Last year. Right. What is this thing going to do next year? Right. And what is it going to do when we start running it? And we have our, our own assumptions and our own abilities and, and maybe some inside information on how we can get a new tenant. Uh, yep. That's going to improve the the cash flow. Well, so, and I, so I, I hear uh, like I have a lot of friends in real estate, right? Yeah. I, I feel like eighty percent of my friends are in real estate. I don't know what it is. I, I you guys are just great people. Yeah, we are. <laughs> or real estate people like me. We're, I don't know. We're also very tall on average. Yeah, it's a, it's a high height group. But uh, what you know? How do you guys use this in your day to day life? Right. So I mean, when you're looking at an investment property, when you're looking at doing a deal, you know, is a broker just saying, "Hey, you know, it's going to be a six cap." Here you go. Like, how do you? How does price sort of and and NOI factor into all those conversations? 
Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that not not all brokers use the same cap rate formulas, right? They they don't all say, oh, we're going to look backwards twelve months and figure out what the you know this thing is making, mm. and that's the cap rate metric we're going to use, right? Often, some guys will be like, oh yeah, sure, it's a six cap. But that's on that's a pro forma. That's a looking forward based on a bunch of rosy assumptions. Oh, interesting, right? So not every cap rate means the same thing. It kind sure. of depends on who you're asking. You so you got to ask qualification questions. Yeah. Hey, is that a pro forma? Is that year one? Is that year three after you've done the business plan and lease the the building up? Yep. Yep. Right. You, so they you don't can get really really nerdy and just be like, "How are you calculating your net operating income when you quote me that cap rate, sir?" <laughs> Is that, is that what you do? I, I just asked, just send me the materials. Because most of the time, you know, most brokers are going to be forward looking, right? Especially if it's a really big deal, right? They're investment bankers. They're going to do a pro forma with rosy assumptions because they want to push value. Yeah. Well, th- again, this is a difference between private equity and real estate where when you're looking at a brokered private equity transaction, somebody's selling their business, they've hired a banker, very rarely is price ever mentioned anywhere, right? They They want you to tell them what you're going to willing to pay. They want to do a true auction process where it's blind and no one really knows what everyone else is paying. But it sounds to me like price is, is just more present in the conversations that you have with brokers in real estate. And, I think it, well, I think it's more present in smaller deals, gotcha. right? And it, so under, you know, a $20 million deal, uh, anything that's over $20 million rather, it's rare that you get, oh, here's the price, Right. Oh, okay. Then that tends to go to auction unless it's a really tough market and the seller just has to get out. Maybe he's got a loan coming due. Yeah. He's like, look, well, let's just speed this process up. Well, it's, it, it must have something. To, again, I'm sure smarter people than me have opined on this, but it must have something to do with how how transparent and how many comps there are in the real estate world versus private equity. Yeah. Right. I think we've we talked about this before, yeah. whereas the the um, the variance right of Offers that you're going to get yeah. is much tighter. Yeah, right? it's not like there's some broker who's just hoping that you're going to double what you know the next guy got down the street for yeah. the same type of a property. Whereas you guys can goose the returns by with a growth rate, right? You sure. can just assume, well, we're going to add more salespeople and we're going to you know crush you know revenues, and yeah. so we can offer twenty five percent more. Yeah. Whereas that almost that never happens in well, real estate. Yeah, and that's a good question. So so give us a range of what cap rates actually are. I mean, like what's, you know, if you had to, I, I realize they're different across different geographies and different asset classes and types of real estate, but yeah. if you had to kind of bucket it, like what, what are these things fall? The 80% are going to be kind of four to 7% across the nation, across asset classes is gotcha. right, right yeah, now. It's, it's yeah. a moving target. This is May of 2019, Got it. but you know, that's kind of what, where they are now. And that intuitively makes sense based on where interest rates are. Right, because the ten-year Treasury, which most of these uh, real estate people try to, uh, you know, put ten-year debt on these assets, right? The ten-year Treasury, I don't, what is it like two, two and a half, something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. right? And so you need to have a spread because if you didn't have a spread, why would you be buying real risky real estate, riskier real estate, than just going out and buying quote the risk-free rate, yeah. right? Which is government Treasuries. Gotcha. Yeah. So four to seven percent is it, that covers about eighty percent of all the different real estate deals you're going to do in the in the country. Yeah. So that's, it's g- so given how tight that band is, then when you are when you are sitting around drinking beers and talking with all your buddies about cap rates. Oh yeah. I'm surprised, all the time. I'm, 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 well, I'm surprised you don't go out more decimal places. <laughs> like like what, what? You know, I almost I wouldn't expect to hear like oh that was a that was a four point seven well, three cap. Is well, it just, so it's funny because it's just lame to say that. No. Well, it. I would say at the upper echelons, like, you know, you're working on a $200 million deal, then we would get to, 
you know, the tenth decimal place. Ah, see, that's cool, right? Because it's so meaningful, yeah. right? That extra, yeah. you know, ten bips could be a million bucks if you're talking about, you know, a five hundred million dollar deal. Yeah. Have you ever seen a three point one four one five nine cap rate? Is that, <laughs> is that never, has that ever happened? I'm sure there's some math geek, <laughs> real estate owner that uh, that but tied it to that number on purpose. If I no. ever get really rich, I'm going to price all of my deals at that at pi in at terms pi, of at cap. Pi and, that, and then the the person who gets it first wins. Yeah, yeah. actually, that would be expensive. Okay, gotcha. Okay, yeah. so then, so I get you know, so like, let's wrap it up. Then how should um, how should we? Well, be you don't want to make this a three hour episode <laughs> on cap rates. Yeah, we've. We want to put people to sleep. I hope people listen to this at night when they're about to go to sleep, and that's that's how they are listening to this podcast because this one is just going to be a winner. Um, but so important. But so so critical. Yeah, don't fall asleep yet. Let's let's wrap it up. So how how should how should we be counseling our listeners to be thinking about cap rates if they're getting into the real estate investing world? What, shouldn't you be telling it? Didn't we give you the lesson? How would you now think about it? You're a new investor in commercial real estate. Oh, I like that. You're turning it around on me. Oh, yeah. yeah like, I think my takeaways here are it's, 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 it's shorthand. So think about it, for, you know, know it for what it is, right? It's just, it's not going to encapsulate a ton of different information about the deal. You're still going to need to do your work, but it, it is sort of a quick shortcut to determining sort of relative maybe price or, or risk or something like that. And when you're thinking about properties and probably most applicable if you're comparing it to similar properties in similar markets, right? So if you're kind of thinking about it from can't, you know, comparing a commercial office building in New York to a to a mobile home park in Wisconsin, a little bit less relevant, yeah, right? Not relevant at all. Right. That would be the value trap. But I think you nailed it. I think you got it. I think it took about five years, but <laughs> you, you are now yeah. an expert. You know I'm gonna forget this the next time we hang out. <laughs> um in look, I think at the end of the day, if if you took nothing else from this episode, if you if you're in a bar you're on a business trip and you're lonely and you see a bunch of real estate guys and girls in the corner drinking beers and talking about some deal they just closed. I think if you just walk up and say, Hey guys, what was the cap rate on that deal? Like you, oh, you friends for life, yeah, you instantly accepted. Cause okay. So there you go. Don't tell us we haven't told you anything that's going to help your social life. Good luck out there. Thanks for listening to the alternative investor. Since you made it this far, you should take a second to subscribe to the podcast and join our email list. There, you'll receive additional insights and insider access to the world of alternative investments. Just visit thealternativeinvestorshow.com.